Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me I have Mike. How are you, Mike? Hey, Alex. Yeah, doing well. Doing well. How about yourself? Yeah, very good. Very good. That's a great time to be a city supporter, I've got to say that. Um, great result against Swansea, yeah, which we'll get I mean, into. I mean, I don't think I've been this excited to be a city supporter for a while. Yeah, I know, right? It's. Uh, well, I think we're saying this, you know, this coming game against Preston's about as excited as we've been in, in quite some time. Uh, yeah, but we'll we'll talk about the Swansea game first of all, um, and then we'll get into the uh, new signings that we've got since deadline day, um, which was a bit of a frantic, uh, frantic day for us. Um, and then we'll get into that Preston game um, and Derby game, which we've got coming up. But yeah, look, we'll start with that Swansea game first of all. Um, first game for Shota Avaladze in the managerial dugout. Um, bit of pressure on him to live up to the form that we'd shown under McCann over the last few games. And, and he certainly lived up to that with uh, two first half goals for Keen Lewis Potter and Tom Eaves as well. So how did you see that one? I uh, I don't know if he could have got off to a better start, but I I consider that the next game will probably be his first official game. Um, uh, yeah, look, I think it's the first time we've scored two in the first half, uh, I think all season. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's impressive. I think it usually happens when something big changes in a club. Uh, I think most ta- kind of takeovers or most uh, clubs where a new manager will come in, you know, the first game is usually really exciting. I think something that really helped out was just having an incredibly full stadium compared to, to previous matches. I think uh, the players really thrived off, off the support and considering it was a home game, I don't know if it could have gone any better. Yeah, no, definitely. And we could see, I mean, the. It, 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 I was actually a bit surprised at the um, attendance figure they announced. I think it was 13,000 or something like that. It felt much fuller than that. Um, and certainly the singing and chanting um, for the players was really loud and you could see the the impact it was having on the players themselves as well. Um, Fleming, I think, was the only change to the side, but Fleming played the ball into the box for that Tom Eves opener. And... I don't, I don't know. It just feels like Eves is really full of confidence at the moment. It's it's interesting. We'll talk about the signings we've made, but it's going to be pretty hard to dislodge him. Yeah, I think it's hard to forget how Eves typically is. You know, he's this lanky man that, that you know, is always pushing around. Uh, but it's nice to see him making runs, which he hadn't been making earlier in the season. I think for him, you know, he's kind of strung the last few games of a bit of form and, and has uh, you know, scored a few, I think two. But now with, with McGinnis gone, he feels as if I think he thinks it's his time to kind of show why he's our number nine. Uh, so I think for him, it's really crucial. I think he's been waiting a long time. And I think, you know, the starts have, have helped him. But yeah, you can't go past Fleming's ball. I think that entire piece of play from start to finish for that goal was was incredible. I think there were. I think even Atran shared it on his on his Twitter. Uh, the build yeah. up play, uh, which was incredible. So yeah. I think it was a yeah. full team goal. Yeah, no, it was it was one of those goals that you see where it's like every player in the sides touched the ball on the way through because it was just passed all around the field, uh, made it to up the field, uh, and, and that ball from Fleming was fantastic and. The second goal as well. I mean, Honeyman, it was more of a solo effort in, in that sense with Honeyman um, really kind of working his way through a few Swansea players before playing the ball across for Lewis Potter. But you see him look up before he plays the ball. He knows exactly where Lewis Potter will be. Uh, and then 
Kane just takes it first time and slots it in the back post. He makes it look so easy, but it's it's a good bit of skill. Yeah, and there was so much more to it as well. It was, you know, getting away from the defender, actually creating him, himself some space. But that ball was was picture perfect. I think the second it left his foot, we knew where it was going. Uh, KLP with some space, uh, like right near the keeper. But it's still a very difficult finish. I'm pretty sure it was first time as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it got off it, to a flyer. It's one of those finishes where you kind of, you know, the, the quality of the ball from Honeyman is so good that you think, oh, yeah, no, it, it deserves to be put away for a goal. Um, and you kind of forget or, or you don't think about how difficult that finish actually is to take it first time. Um, but it's just, you know, he's he's full of confidence. And, um, you know, there were, there were some rumours or there was some talk, there was some suggestion that he might have wanted to leave the club in the January window, head to a Premier League club. And I guess having been there before with Jared Bowen, we sort of start to fear the worst that maybe he's on the way out. And... Um, window closed he was still here and he came out against Swansea put his head down or, or I should say just before the window closed against Swansea but he down, um, well for the side against Swansea and, and seems pretty happy to still be here yeah look I still think he's got something to prove uh, I think I mean when we compare it to Bowen I think Bowen had scored 16 goals in the first half of the season yeah. before he moved to West Ham KLP's only scored six I think in yeah. the league Um they, they remind me of each other. Uh, so I think whenever we were talking about, you know, I think it was it was potentially Brentford or Spurs or West Ham were trying to go for KLP. It was a, you know, heart and mouth kind of situation. Uh, but, you know, Achen coming out and saying players will go if they want to go, not because they have to go. Um, borderline stalker, borderline creepy. But... Loved, yeah, I loved the, you know, no one's ever left and I've wanted to keep them. And I was like, oh, yeah. that sounds very, <laughs> very clear. Look, I mean, from a, from a, from a, from like a, a whole fan perspective, you know, it's yeah. kind of what you want to hear. Um, yeah. But yeah, look, KLP, he's still got half a season to prove himself. And I think, you know, yeah. I think he needs another season in the championship before he can really make that jump up. Yeah, at least. I think like you look at him compared to Bowen and Bowen spent, was it two and a half years with us? Three and a half years with us? Some, one, yeah. one of the two. And he scored upwards of 50 or 60 goals for us in the championship. And I don't think Keno needs to get to that sort of level necessarily before he moves. But you'd like to think he can look at Jared Bowen and see the quality that Bowen was showing at this level before. And then he went to West Ham. That first half of that season at West Ham, he didn't do a whole lot for them. Yeah. Um, granted, they had Jesse Lingard in the side, but he's only really come out this season and had everyone sort of take a step back and realize what he can do. So it takes a fair bit to step up to Premier League level. Yeah. And I think it's also trying to find exactly where KLP suits best, whether it is playing up front with Eves or it's playing on a wing. Uh, I think typically for him playing on a wing, he's the kind of player that likes to cut in uh, and run of the defense. So I'm not necessarily sure I like him playing as a striker, um, but I think, yeah, he's just got time to figure out where he wants to play, how he wants to play. He's still really young. I think we're all just getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, um, 100%. He's he's going to have a huge career, but he just needs to make the most of it right now. And I think by staying with us, we're his boyhood club. It makes sense. Um, yeah. He's, he's going to develop the best here. And, you know, with, with the players that we'll speak about coming in, I think they they provide some healthy competition for him as well. Yeah, and then just quickly before we go on to our MVPs for the match as well, um, Baxter with some really fine displays and fine saves in the second half. 
Um, it was the, the free kick from Walsh, who we'll talk about in a second, hit the post. So he got a bit fortunate with that one. But there was another shot from, um, I forget the name of the Swansea player, which um, Baxter tipped onto the post. Um, had a few really good moments in the game as well, I thought. And after a bit of a shaky spell, I guess, with that Everton game and the Stoke game as well, he's sort of settling back into a groove. Yeah, look, I think we gave him a lot of stick for that Everton game. I think we were all just really disappointed with the fact that we could have progressed in the in the cup. Like he takes a step to the wrong side, and any keeper on on a bad day can do that. I think it's it's if we focus just on that, we're taking away you know the three clean sheets that he's had right now against uh, the uh, well, was it Bournemouth, Blackburn, and now Swansea. Like yeah. those are three big teams. Well, I mean Swansea for the last three years have been in the playoffs. It's just this season they're a bit they're a bit off the ball. Um, but he's you know you can tell why he's on Chelsea's books and hopefully you know he won't be on their books for a lot longer. But That's right. he's he's had an incredible I guess second first half of the season. <laughs> yeah, mid, sort of middle third or, or yeah second quarter or whatever. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and, and I think he got, uh, I think I saw recently he got championship, um, got in the championship team of the month or something like that. He got goalkeeper of the month um, to reflect just the efforts that he's put in. I mean, I think it was what New Year's Day we had the Luton game, the Blackpool game, which we lost 1-0 just courtesy of um, a penalty in that one. Um, but then other than that and the Everton game, I think he's been you know, oh, and, and the Stoke game, I guess, granted, but I think he's been terrific for us. Um, and, and yeah, look, there was that article from Ajun saying both Bernard and Baxter, um, he wants to keep around next season. I think, I think actually Baxter's going to be the easier one to keep around because I think there's a an option in the deal to make that permanent, which you know sounds like sounds like we're we're looking to activate it, which would be fantastic. Yeah, I've also heard news of this whole Chelsea have to get rid of the amount of players they've got on loan. Yeah, that, yeah. Good shout. So I think that, I think, I think that changing, plays yeah. into our hands. You know, I think given that Bax has performed pretty well, if we can strike a, a deal for it, I think it makes sense. Yeah, 100%. And when you've got Kepper and Mendy ahead of you at, at Chelsea, I don't think you're necessarily going to get first-team football anytime soon. So, um, no, that would be a good one. Yeah. Um, cool. All right, so MVP votes. So I'll I'll kick us off with mine and then you are welcome to tell me where I'm wrong and give me yours as well. Um, but I've gone, I've gone honeymoon for the three um, and that's probably a little bit, um, uh, what's the word? Um, I'm probably being a bit, uh, bit uh, oh, words not in my head, but, but as in, I think he, 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 get, he put the ball in for, for KLP. Um, he's sort of our charismatic leader at the moment, um, has been playing well for us. Um, Swansea, Swansea definitely came out set up to deal with him in terms of they, in the first half, tried to basically just push him off the ball or pressure him off the ball. Um, and that, that ball in for KLP for the goal showed that he was sort of able to deal with their strategy and tactics in that sense. And then I think they sort of changed it up a bit in the second half and dealt with him a bit better. Um, but I, I just, I, I couldn't go past him for the three votes. I think he's, he sort of runs out midfield and, um, I think it was the second tier podcast I was listening to earlier in the week where they basically said, you know, if you're recruiting in the summer for Hull, I don't think you need to worry about a number 10. You've got one of the best number 10s in the division in Honeyman and, and I couldn't agree more with them on that one. Um, 
I went Fleming for the two votes. I think he, in his first start of the season, was outstanding. And that ball in for Eves for the first goal was was absolutely brilliant. I think he said that he and Eves were talking in the warm-up about Eves saying, if you get it in near post, I'll do the rest. And, and he certainly did. So I thought that was terrific from Fleming as well. Um, and then Baxter for the one vote, just for those saves in the second half, kept the um, kept the clean sheet and uh, kept us in the lead for the match. So he rounded out my votes. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I, I remember reading about Fleming and or hearing Fleming say that him and Eves were talking about it before the match and then five minutes in exactly what they'd spoken about had happened. Uh, my my three goes to, to goes to Fleming. I think it's – I'm pretty sure he's a Holborn boy as well. Yeah. I, I think, you know, your first start this season at home, back at your club, and then doing what he did. You know, that's a very competitive spot in the team, especially with, with you know, Elder potentially coming back this month. And, um, uh, you know, Wilkes is there as well. KLP can play that position. Like it's a it's a very tough position in our team. And I think he took it in his stride in his first game. Right? He was just solid going up and down the pitch. Second, which is where I differ again, I brought Bernard in. Um, he had some very nifty footwork going down that right side. And for a centre-back, you never expect it. Um, was, it the, was it the first goal or the second yeah, goal where I remember he I made that sh- run up? It was the first goal he ran up, gave it over to Honeyman, and then Honeyman switched it over yeah. um, to get away from the few, from like a few attackers as a, as a centre-back was unreal. And I think he's, over the season, he's just been very strong, very like composed for someone that young. You can see why he's at United. Uh, and then I chucked Honeyman in for third. I feel like we give Baxter the credit every week. Um, so let's, you know, sw- swap that up. And, uh, yeah, Honeyman, you can't go past Honeyman's assist. It was it was unreal. Fantastic. Okay, well, let's move on then. We'll talk off-field news and, and can't go past the uh, transfer activity on deadline day for us. Um, as Aussies, it was a bit of... I kind of suffered a little bit because we had news early in the day that um, Alaya Sayadmanesh had been confirmed at well that he'd signed. Um, and then sort of, I feel like it would have been just before I was going to sleep. We also had the news emerging about Longman potentially signing on a permanent. So I was staying up, staying up, staying up, sort of thinking, I, you know, I want to see one of the announcements before I go to sleep. It mm. got probably cl- pretty close to midnight. I went, nah, stuff it. I'll just wake up in the morning and I'm sure they'll have all been announced. And then none of them had been announced and we sort yeah. of drip, drip fed it right around 10 a.m. So, um, We'll run through each of the players, or I'll get your thoughts. Maybe just give me your thoughts on the, on them as a collective. But yeah. what did you make of um, each of the new signings? Yeah, so I, I mean, there were all, there were highlight reels going around for all of them. But look, at the end of the day, they are highlight reels, and none of them are going to show any poor performances. Um, yeah, that's right. I'm I'm really excited for Sayad Uh I think people underestimate the Ukrainian league. It's a it's a pretty tough league. It's a very physical league, you know. As a Ukrainian football fan, it's a it's very intense. And I think someone like him, who's also really young, I think he's yeah. I, I think he's something like twenty two. No, he's um, twenty. Twenty. That's it. Yeah, uh, fighting fours is twenty two. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, really excited. He looks quick. He looks really composed on the ball. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I just think he could inject some pace late in the game if you bring him off the bench. I think, as I said earlier, he provides really strong competition for someone like KLP, who's well, I'm almost the first name on the team sheet every week. Um, Fours is a mixed one for me. Um, okay. 
he yeah, I he did score eleven and eighteen for Wimbledon. Um scored four against Oldham in, in the cup, but I don't know if you can you know, it's it's Oldham. He played for Brentford. Um I think he he for someone his age, he's pretty experienced, but I think he brings competition for Eves. Um, and for me, the biggest thing about all these signings was competition. I think if as soon as the second our players get too comfortable, they might not start pushing as hard or start to realize that, you know, there's more to this than I'm guaranteed to be on the team sheet every weekend. Um, it'd be nice which, to, to, you go. Oh, I was going to say, which is kind of what we saw started this season with Wilkes and a few others yeah. who were just getting games every week, even if they weren't playing well. Yeah, and I think you, once we changed that and the formation, we started winning. But it was the comfort level of, especially Wilkes. You could see he he was just lethargic. He knew he was going to be picked. I felt like he wasn't training as hard. Um, but yeah, look, I'm I'm hoping Fours and Said Manesh can bang in some goals. Given we've been a bit short on them, you know, I think we we haven't scored more than than two goals for a very very long time. I don't even Probably remember the last the- game. Probably the opening the day of the season. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Longman on a permanent is by far the best piece of business I think we could have done. Um, and I, I won't lie, I wasn't a fan of his when the season yeah. first started and, and when he was initially brought in. I think he got off to a really slow start, um, but he's really making that kind of like right wing back or like right side of the field his. Um, Which, to be, to be fair, I think he had COVID at the start of the season did. from memory. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, so, you know, no excuses. Um, <laughs> but no, look, I think especially given how he's performed, but also the length of the deal, like three yeah. and a half years with a potential extension is unreal um, for someone like Longman. You know, I was I was actually surprised we got him. Yeah. Um, because I'm, I'm pretty sure there was another club fighting to sign him. I think it was Millwall and Huddersfield, I think, were the two I saw linked on deadline day. And yeah. and I my sense is that we already had a fee agreed with Brighton, similar to Baxter, where it's basically if we wanted to activate that option, we could. Yeah. Um, and I get the sense that these other clubs might have been offering Brighton more than we were. So they were probably a bit miffed that we managed to sort of steal a march and get him signed up. Yeah, look, I think as well he can't put past the fact that we've given him this opportunity in the championship. Um, you know, we, we've kind of helped him. We've trained, trained him, you know, he's given a lot to us and I think it only makes sense for us to offer him a, a pretty lengthy deal. Yeah. But yeah, no, super, super stoked. And, uh, you know, just hoping that we can tie down Bernard and Baxter come the next window. Yeah, and, and I think just on force as well, I think I'm pretty excited about what he can bring with consistent game time because I think his scoring record when he plays is quite strong. His problem at Brentford was that he just happened to be stuck behind Ivan Tony, who um, yeah. sort of skets, set the scoring record in the championship last season. So I, I'll be curious to see how he goes. And I actually hadn't thought about Elias as more of a competition for Lewis Potter. And I think that's a really good point to make is that you can almost have, you know, if Kano comes off late in a game or comes, you know, there, there's just options. There's competition everywhere for these players to sort of start or, or come off the bench. Um, and it just gives us, you know, more options for midweek games to rotate the squad, things like that, where hopefully it means that we can keep the squad fresh, keep the 11 fresh and, um, and really kick on in the second half of the season. 
And that's why I really like Walsh as well. Uh, I know, you know, in our chat, we've had a few mixed conversations about what we think of him. I, from the few games I've seen, really rate him. Um, he's really tidy with the ball. He, he's got good vision. Uh, he can score as well. Um, you know, I think there was a highlight going down of, of a, a very, very long solo goal from him. Um, but I, it, go, it goes to the same point. Like, Honeyman sees Walsh come in. Walsh is a very similar kind of player. He's a number 10. <clears throat> it might push Honeyman that little bit further, uh, which yeah. I'm excited about because I don't know if we've seen him better than he is now. Uh, yeah. in the championship that is like league one is very different to the championship. Um, so I, I'm pretty excited for that. Yeah. And that's right. And, and also I think there's some suggestion where the honeyman's playing injured or, or just a bit sore from a shoulder injury. Um, having someone like Walsh in means that we shouldn't be afraid to, to give honeyman that rest to recover from anything that might be niggling him because the last thing you want is honeyman to get a more serious injury and miss the second half of the season. Um, and, and having a player that can play that role gives us that that option and flexibility, which is really good to see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, cool. Okay, well, let's move on then. We'll do our triple flashback feature, which I think this will be the first time that you've had the uh, the opportunity to do this one. Um, yeah. It is a – I mean, it's a, it's interesting the way – the perspective. I would say it's a reasonably straightforward question, Yeah. but it's also a bit more tricky because transfers are always a little bit um, – bit tricky as Dan found last week when I was trying to get him to guess the last three players that we sold for a profit. Um, but your question is, can you name the last three permanent signings we've made for a fee? Um, and as a hint to get you started, two of them did come in this window. <laughs> yeah. Um, excluding this window or before this? Because I, I had thought I about going, before this. If you can do before this, um, I'm happy to accept the three before this because I do have those names as well. Okay, so I thought it was Doherty, Coyle, yep. and then Scott yep. the season beforehand. So there's that, well, there, so, so Doherty and Coyle are correct. There's actually one that was more recent than Doherty, but in that same window. And I, and I was actually surprised by this. So I, I'm, I'm not surprised you didn't get it. So Alfie Jones was actually signed for a fee. I, I thought we got really? him for free. Yeah. So did I. I thought he was released by Southampton, but unless Wikipedia was lying to me. I had Alfie Jones down as um, being, and I actually, I looked up the article when we signed him, we did announce that he was picked up for an undisclosed fee. So um, there you go. But no, spot on with the other two. Um, and um, and then obviously Slater along with this window as well. But uh, cool. Ah, that was, that was, you smashed that one. Yeah. Um, Thank you. All right. <laughs> well, we'll move on there. We'll talk about Preston North End uh, coming up this weekend, which is a game we've both said we're, we're pretty pumped for. Um, played them on the opening day of the season as well, where we knocked them off 4-1. And I was sort of saying in the chat earlier, I I was pretty pumped for that game going in, but I think I was more excited about it coming out the other side with the 4-1 win. Um, but this one, you know, the, the excitement's there for us going into the game. Um, they, they, they're in reasonable form in the sense that I think they've only had one loss in their last eight games, but at the same time, I think they've only had one win in their last five as well. So, Ryan Lowe, manager now, pretty highly rated, reasonably tough game, I would say. But then again, I guess a game against us is pretty tough at the moment as well. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I'm 
I'm leaning towards it being a pretty open game. Um, I think there's going to be a bit of... I, it's the first proper week that Shotter has been able to sit with the team. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if there are some new kind of tactics at play, especially with the new players he's brought in. Um, Emil Reese is the, the biggest kind of, uh, I guess, threat from Preston. So if we can kind of... I couldn't believe when I saw I saw that stat that he's yeah. got the most goals for Preston in a season yeah. since Nugent in 2005. It's only January. Like, yeah. it says a lot about Preston scorers, I guess, before now. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it says a lot about them as a club as well. Look, I think <laughs> it, it's a it's a really crucial game because I think there are only what five ahead of us. Yeah, that's right. So I think a win here really puts us in a, in a really good place to attack that mid table position. Um, I I'm hoping there are some changes to the eleven. I think it would be nice to see some of the new players kind of slot straight in and whether it's, you know, force and Eve, fours and eaves up front together. I think that would be really interesting to see. Yeah. I was uh, going to ask you um, which of the new players you think might, yeah. might jump straight in. I want fours to jump in up front. Um, I mean, Longman doesn't count as a new player. So let's, let's keep Longman in there. Uh, but it, so so uh, if you have, if you have fours in up front with eaves, where would you put Lewis Potter? So I'd keep I'd put him where Fleming was. Yeah, okay. Um I so you drop I'm, Fleming after I'd a man drop, of the match display. I probably would. Purely because I think if we're going attacking, it would make sense to leave Fleming off. Um yeah. and I only say that because I want to see what it would be like to have essentially four attackers on the pitch being Fours, Eves, KLP, and Longman. Um, yeah. Having Fleming on the bench, being able to come in and tidy it up if we go ahead would be kind of where I would play him. Um, You're almost playing a 3 3 4, which I don't think I've ever heard of being used. <laughs> it, I kind of I see it as a, yeah, pretty or a much. 3 4 3, I guess. It's kind of like a 3 4 3, but. Or not a 3 really. 4 1 2, I guess. With Honeyman yeah, behind, more yeah, so, yeah, and then KLP and Longman on the wings, but a bit, a bit further pushed up. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's what I would do. I mean, yeah. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm, I'm. It's, it's a really hard one because I just, yeah, like you said, I, I, I want Force to start. I don't think I want to drop Eves, but then if I don't drop Eves, then yeah, you kind of have to think of a spot for Lewis Potter, which ends up being a wing back spot. So. You're right. Like that's that's almost the team that that team almost picks itself um, in terms of um, new players kind of coming into the side. The other the other option could be that Fours, Alaya, and um, Walsh all just sit on the bench, and it's basically a case of you know um, it's the first first eleven that we've had for the last three games has been so successful they don't deserve to be dropped give them the chance to, to lose their spot or, or keep their spot. And you say, well, okay, so Eve starts the game again. If Eve goes out and scores again, then good stuff, you know, keep scoring. But if he struggles and then Force comes on and gets a goal, then you say, okay, well, now Force gets to start the next game against um, against Derby. So he could go one of the two ways with that, I think, whether he just sort of sticks with the team that was doing well or we've seen you know, Grant McCann got shown the door. Um it's not really that sort of loyalty in football. I mean, maybe you don't wait for Eves to, to miss it. 
game of scoring. Maybe you just say Force gets to go over Eves, see how he goes. Um, and then Eves knows that he's really got to, you know, run his guts out when he comes on the field late in the game to, to earn his spot back. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, it's it's hard. Like, when was Forza's last goal in the championship? It was probably some point last he's, season. Yeah, he scored. I think he actually scored in the playoff semifinal for them. Um, I saw a clip being shared around. I think it was on Sky Sports, so I couldn't actually watch it. But I did see, I think he scored against Bournemouth in the semifinal second leg. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I think he's only got six or seven goals last season for them. Yeah, and I I think the other thing is it, that you can see is that he's been on the bench for a lot of Brentford's games this season, which means he's been yeah. around Premier League football, um, and he he's you know he's been watching it and training in it game in game out or week in week out. Sorry, um, so that's why I feel like let him have the ninety, or let him have seventy and see how he goes, and then bring on Eves. You know, Eves Eves is known for being one of the players like a super sub for us. He, he, I think he has scored a decent amount of times off the bench, sometimes in like the 90th and onwards. Um, so I would personally chuck forwards on first and then swap out with Eves. But yeah, either way could happen. Yeah, yeah. And and look, you could even have both of them up top together, and, and which was an interesting one because it's almost like we never really saw Magenis and Eves on the field together that often. So it'd be interesting to see us playing with sort of two tall centre you know, centre forwards essentially, or, or strikers, um, essentially. So uh, you have you know Longman and Lewis Potter sort of firing the balls in for them could be uh, quite an interesting display. I mean, I, I think it was Russell Martin for Swansea was saying it was hard to prepare for us last week because he just didn't really know what to expect with Shotter. And I can't help but think it, it'd be the same this week for Lowe, where you're looking at three, four new signings for City and thinking, how do we prepare for them? We don't know how they're going to line up. Um, so have should be pretty interesting. Did, Pre- did Preston make any new signings? Um, not that I'm aware of. I don't think they did. Um, I'll have a bit of a look, but I don't think they brought anyone in um, late in the window that I can think of anyway. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting from that point of view. Um, but are you backing us for the win? Oh, they they brought in they brought in what Diaby. I don't know who that is. Bambo Diaby. I, I'm calling a 3-0. 3-0? <laughs> oh, and they got in yeah. Archer from Villa, a striker, um, a week before the window closed. So that okay. might help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could say something like that. Um, it, it's sort of funny because, you know, when I think it was Ajun made the comment about, you know, you'd rather lose 4-3 than draw 0-0. And so you think, oh, okay, we're going to be pretty attacking, pretty open. Um, started off with a clean sheet. So I'm like, oh, I quite like to keep the clean sheets going as well if we can help it. We get, you know, 2 0 or 3 0 lead and then sort of lock it down to be quite nice. But yeah, 2 0 win, 3 0 win, be happy with that. Could score four again like we did last time. Would be yeah, look, if, uh, I'll take I'll take four and not conceding. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, big game against Derby as well. I say I sort of say that questioningly because Derby are really hard to read at the moment. Um they lost this morning to Huddersfield 2-0. Um but that was only their second loss in eight games and they've been a real tough team to break down and as we found earlier in the season with that 1-0 loss. Um this is sort of the first of three games. I think we also play Barnsley and Peterborough this month where I feel like if we can win two of them or all of them then that would almost guarantee to me 
like no dangers of relegation. Like I'm already very relaxed about relegation anyway, but to beat the three sides in the relegation zone would sort of cap it off. And so I think this is sort of the first of those and basically a must-win game, I guess. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, I think we lost 1-0 to them last time. Hmm. Um, they're, they're a very bogey club for a lot of teams. Um, they've got steam and potentially out for our game as well. And, you know, with Jagielka gone, they had, don't have much experience in defense other than our old nemesis, Curtis Davis. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm worried for them that they don't have anyone to kind of be the backbone in their defense. I think, you know, I watched, I watched some highlights this get this morning and, and Rooney and Rosinha did not look comfortable on the sidelines. Um, there was a lot of angst and, and anguish. Like, obviously, they were down to 10, but it just doesn't look like a a club that's... Although results speak otherwise, it doesn't look like a club that's got confidence. I think yeah. they, they rely on their draws rather than really going for the wins. And they, they did have a few chances this morning but couldn't put any away. Um, but the other thing you have to remember is if you put back their point deduction, they're above us. Yeah, and I was just looking at the table because they've got what twelve wins, I think. Just having a look uh, at it. Well, the, it, with the with the twenty one point, they they got deducted twenty one. If you add back the twenty one, I think they're on thirty six at the 36, moment. Thirty six, yeah, yeah. We're 12 on thirty two. Nine draws, yeah. Ah, um, uh, sorry, so, sorry. No, I'm looking at the wrong column. Aren't I they've got eight win, twelve draws. Yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. So they they'd be on thirty six. It'd be four points above us. So it kind of is a must win. Um, yeah. I still find it bonkers that they're above Barnsley, to be honest. And when you think about the fact that they're only seven points off Reading, who have lost their last five games in a row, yeah. um, if Derby did pick up a couple more wins, they are still in with a fight of staying up, which is just bonkers. They, I, they're heavily relying on Peterborough and Reading to, yeah. to drop a few. Peterborough have two games in hand. They're still on 20, so they're five points ahead of Derby. But if they win both of those... It's starting to look a bit grim for Derby. Then again, Posh have not been able to string a win. Um, yeah, that's right. I think you were saying the other week um, when I was saying, yeah, you know, Peterborough have games in hand on us, but they're not going to win their games in hand. Yeah, yeah. So they haven't won in five, but they've also won, mm. I think, one in like the last 11. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, I, I I think the next two games, and even Achun said it, that he still counts how many points it'll take for us to get to the playoffs. Well, I was going to ask, how, how high are you looking on the table? You know me. I've, <laughs> I switch between being really optimistic but also then hating the club. Um, but I think I'll know after Preston. Yeah, and I think that's what Jim was sort of saying after the next seven days or the next 10 days or something. He said he's got a he's got a permutation on he'll know is there a chance of playoffs or not within the next 10 days if results go our way and I think your thing about you know fluctuate between hating the club and loving it and being really optimistic is this is why I'm almost like I don't want to even talk playoffs and I know I'm the one who's brought it up so it's my fault but just getting the hopes unrealistically high and then having them dashed is worse than not even having the hope to start with I think Look, I mean, I think that happened on the first day. I think I messaged the, you guys <laughs> after the first game of the season and said we're going to the Premier League. Bloody um, Lewis Potter came out and said they were talking playoffs. I was like, just... And we lost, like, the next 10 games. It's like, just chill. I think the atmosphere at the club is incredibly different now 
and yeah. and I think it was even different at Swansea. And I think you said it. the 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 sound of the crowd made it seem like there weren't thirteen thousand, but there were about twenty five thousand there. Um, yeah. The he he and by he I mean Achun has tried to engage the fans a lot more, but I think that doesn't only help the fans; it helps the players, and it brings back that kind of belief that we're not a League One team. And and we're not a bottom of the table championship team. We're meant to be a mid to to playoffs championship side. You know, we yo-yoed between the prem and the championship for I think four or five years. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, like I don't want to say we're a yo-yo club, but we belong in that kind of area of English football. Yeah. And getting excited about the prospect that you know, okay, yes, we might come. 12th or 13th potentially this season given that we were almost a last for a while if it weren't for Derby um, it's exciting for next season and then who knows what happens in in uh, in the next transfer window here in like in August or, or you know before the before the next season I think we're setting the foundation for a club and you're the one I think who said there's such a thing as getting promoted too early yeah, that's right. I, that, yeah, and I and I I completely believe that. And I know, and a lot of people will say that that's stupid because promotion is promotion. You take it when you can get it. But I think the the core of the club is a really good core. You look at players like Lewis Potter. You look at Greaves. You look at Fleming, even who showed a really great display against Swansea. You look at Baxter if we get him on a permanent. You look at Honeyman. You look at Doherty. You look at these guys. Where I think it's a real Longman. You know, it's a really strong core. But they've only been playing together as a team at this level for six months. And I think it needs a little bit longer than that for them to develop, for them to grow, to adjust to this, you know, higher level of football than we were playing in League One. And if we get to 10th or 12th this season, bring in some reinforcements in the summer, bring in another forward, bring in another winger or a midfielder or centre-back, uh, fullbacks. I think fullbacks is an area we really need to strengthen and improve our depth. Yep. Then it gives us a really strong foundation to then next season say, okay, we've had a year in the championship. This will be our second year in the championship. Let's go out and have Lewis Potter, you know, score twenty goals for the season. Have um, have a liar if he's if he signs on the permanent deal as well. Score fifteen to twenty goals that season. Have a have a side like that side under Bruce when you had Diama, you had Hernandez banging in the goals. What they can time. go up with a bit of yeah, yeah. Um, and just and just go up with a bit of confidence that we can actually go up and stay up and not be going up because of some flu this season and then saying, shit, how did we get here? How do we adjust? Lewis Potter's not good enough for the Premier League, so we have to strengthen there. Greaves is, needs to go on loan to the Championship. We need a new centre-back. And then suddenly you get relegated and you're like, these guys didn't have any Premier League experience and now we're mm. stuck back in the Championship. Yeah, 100%. And it could be more detrimental to get to the club to get promoted than it would be to, to finish, you know, eighth or ninth or, or mid, even mid table this season. Yeah. Um, that being said, I'm super excited to, for the rest of the season. You know, I think 100%. I haven't been, my internet cut out at the beginning of this, but I think I said that, you know, I haven't been this excited for a match since our first match back in the championship. Um, and I think that's what we've all missed is we've yeah. missed the excitement of watching Hull. I think for a very long time, you know, the second half of that championship season when we lost Grisicki and, and Bowen, it was almost depressing to watch us. 
I like, didn't know what I was doing to myself, just getting up and watching us lose 2-0 every week. Every Sunday morning at 2 a.m., yeah. I'd go to bed at 4, I'd wake up, and I'd be like, why did I do that to myself? Yeah. Yeah. And I think now it's I'm counting down the days till 2 a.m. on Sunday because I can't wait to see what the club looks like and what the team looks like, how they play. And the fact that we're at home as well is so much better. Um, yeah. You know, I think if we can really create that that kind of fortress that we did in League One, like that's that's essentially what really gave us the platform to to come to the championship. I think we were so strong at home. Yeah. And you look at the two pound tickets for the Barnsley game in a couple oh, of weeks. Yeah. Which incredible. is hopefully going to fill the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think it, it calls for, we've, we haven't had a six nil for a long time. Um, <laughs> and I think even like, I think the last time I was properly on this was the day after the day before uh, we got butchered by Wigan. Yeah. Um, so so be... that only means that, that it has to flip now. So uh, yeah, I feel sorry for Preston. That's right. That's right. That that Preston result has a lot riding on it for your future on this podcast. I suspect yeah, yeah. after after that last appearance. But um, just before we head off, um, a score prediction for that derby game. I reckon it's going to be a lot tighter than the Preston game. So I've gone with either a one all or a two one to us. Yeah, I think I think derby just have a way about them. They they played really well against West Brom and Bournemouth with wins against both of them. I think you're right. I think probably a. 2-1 to us, I, I would say, in that one. Um, but, yeah, look, if we can bank another six points between these two games, it does suddenly start to edge us up that table and people will be starting to eye off sixth place and doing all those points permutations. So, um, look, as you said, I think it's the biggest joy is just being able to be excited to watch City play at the moment and uh, enjoy the matches each and every week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, we'll, we'll in our minds keep thinking, oh, okay, what about another three points here? And I think you and I were even saying today, if Borough drop points, if Forest drop points, you know, then, you know, we're only seventh off, off sixth if we win this weekend and we're doing all this, yeah. these calculations. Um, but that's, that's what it's meant to be like. That's the excitement to think about what could happen. And, and yeah, you're right. I think we've all missed that. Yeah, that's right. Well, look, thanks for joining me for this one, Mike. It's been a great episode. No stress at all. Thanks for having me. No worries. And thanks, everyone, for listening in. Um, until next time, uh, you know, leave us your thoughts. What, what are you thinking for this season? What, what do you think we can achieve this season? Um, like the video, subscribe to the channel if you're new around here. Uh, we'll be back each and every week to discuss City throughout the season. And until next time, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook group, or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber Black. There's no turning back, cause you're out.